Hey guys, I want to thank you so much for being uh, first listeners to this on the podcast, or if you're watching this live, I want to invite you guys as a thank you to be a guest on the show. So all you need to do is send me an email. The email is guest at investingyourselfpod.com. In the subject, say podcast series guest. And in the body, just say, hey, who you are, what your podcast is, where you're about. Send me three episodes you think I'll enjoy listening to, and then I'll reach out to you and we'll schedule a time for you to be on the show. So remember, that's guest at investinyourselfpod.com. And I look forward to listening to your podcast and then learning about you. So without further ado, let's uh, listen into the today's show. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Investing Yourself, the podcast series, an interview with Mr. Dan Ferlito. Did I say that right? Did I mess up completely? Ferlito, no, that's good. Ferlito, okay, good. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for being a guest here. And remember, if you want to be a guest, so send us an email at guest at investingyourselfpod.com with the name of your show and a couple of links to the episodes and we'll get you on here. We can discuss about your amazing podcast. Dan, thank you for being a guest. So introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about yourself and your podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Phil. I appreciate it. It's always uh, good to be talking with other podcasters and to a new audience. Yeah. So um, right now I'm primarily doing this new clo- this new show. This is my first venture on my own where I'm producing, directing, editing. I have two host partners and other people involved, but this is like my first show that I'm doing. The show is called Danger Close and it's a war film podcast. So we started this project in February. I'm a veteran. I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, I worked aviation. So I've always been interested in the subject. I like history. I like cinema. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about how I got started and my background before this. But um, yeah, my idea was to give back to the veteran community, do something that involves our passions, which is film and history. And so as this project goes on, I'm going to start adding veteran interviews and other things as well. I'd really, it's been tough with COVID, but I'd like to really get involved more with the veteran community and go talk to old vets that have stories from Vietnam, et cetera, kind of help them get their story recorded. So they have it for their families. And then I can also, you know, produce one and give it out to people who want to hear these veteran stories. Cause I think it's, it's important to tell, but you know, we, we went into war film. Uh, we kind of were all fans of this war film podcast that ended. And after about a month of sitting around, I was going, you know, I've got a couple years experience. I got the equipment. Let me reach out to this Facebook group that I'm in about this podcast and see who would be interested in starting a new show. I got a lot of really positive response right away. I got a couple of people who were interested in hosting and tried it out. And this idea went from inception to launch in two weeks. So wow. Needless to say, that was like an extremely busy two weeks of my life. Um, and we opened with Full Metal Jacket. So we oh. were not, we weren't messing around and we wanted to show that we knew what we were doing. Um, you know, our tagline is uh, War is Hell. People make films about it and we love to talk about them. And I luckily found uh, Katie, who is a film critic. She's written for Rotten Tomatoes, thousands of reviews online, and obviously a lover of cinema. She grew up watching war films with her dad. And Liam, who's been an independent theater director and actor. So both of them kind of have the cinema and acting part of things covered uh, and theater and all that. And I sort of take care of, since I don't have those particular talents, I'm sort of see myself as director producer. I also know the most audio editing. So I've been editing most of the episodes so far. 
And it's my job to sort of look into the military history and tell that part of the story, especially with films that are mostly based on real events. We wanted to really create a community feel to this podcast, which is something it was missing before. I think the big new things we introduced is putting a veteran on the show. (laughs) You're fine. Um, Putting a veteran on the show was, I think, a big difference and something that we've gotten a lot of positive feedback for. Obviously, I'm not an expert in all categories, but, no. you know, I've, I've been to Iraq. I've, I've, I've been involved in a lot of things. And so it's you bring nice a specific viewpoint to these films that the regular cinema goer doesn't. Because when I look at a movie, I've never been in a situation where bullets have whizzed by my head or I've been in a plane where I'm in the middle of a dogfight or I've had to bomb, you know, and deal with anti-aircraft guns something that like 90% of the population of the world hasn't had to deal with. So you bring it in, you bringing your perspective allows us to get kind of like a glimpse of what it's like to actually be there. Because the film obviously glorifies a lot of it. Um, whereas having a first camp, kind of like you saying like, you know, it's not too dissimilar to these moments we have, you know, like if you talk about like, um, I'm pretty sure you, you talked about Black Hawk Down. Or we'll be talking about black. We will not yet, but we will. Yeah. But like something like that, where it's more modern day and something you can closely resemble because you probably had to deal with close to those situations when you were overseas. And so we can get this connection to what happened in Black Hawk Down with a more human feel because we can connect it to an actual individual because your listeners get to know you. Right. Yeah. The idea was to bring in a little bit of real life experience. Just as a disclaimer, I haven't been in actual physical combat very fortunately i haven't been shot at or had to Mm -hmm. shoot anyone i've been deployed i've been overseas i've been in a war zone and i have a lot of friends who have been in combat so in the process of figuring out how we were going to do this show i'm slowly starting to also introduce the idea of bringing in interviews with actual veterans tomorrow i'm interviewing my friend's father who was a green beret in vietnam and so Mm -hmm. we did we were soldiers recently that film is that battle was a retaliation to a siege of a special forces camp that was under siege for two months. My friend's dad was the Lieutenant at that camp who almost got overrun. So my idea is again, to give back to the veteran community, but also bring in this expertise and stories that people don't get to hear a lot. So between that, the veteran aspect, the military history aspect, and then Katie and Liam providing sort of the cinema and acting and directing background, we're trying to, provide something that gives people more insight into these films that they've grown up with, but maybe didn't really get to hear that opinion. And the last part of that is that, again, we're really pushing to have a community involved project. So every episode a month in advance, I send out what we're going to be doing. And I have a whole group of people from veterans to historians to whatever that volunteer to research the history. So I'll get two or three people to do the research they send it in to me and now I have a focus. Now I can, now it's my job to talk well about it and do a, it's usually a two hour episode between the three of us, between the history and the cinema. So it's my job to sort of package that and provide something that gives people uh, some insight. Uh, we have Nate, our executive producer, who is starting to learn editing and he helps out a lot with the uh, show as well. So the idea to make it different from anything that we had heard previously, because it's very niche, you know, there oh, aren't, no, there aren't any other niche. war film podcasts. We're pretty unique in that way. Um, since this other show went away and, you know, we wanted to 
we had a captive audience. That's the thing. I think yeah. I'm sure you'll ask about this later, but a big part of podcasting is finding something that other people aren't doing. I think that's a big part of the success. Well, I was, so. I was just about to say, I'm, I'm reading uh, something on funnel making because it's important for businesses to have proper funnels. And it's, it's not about finding a niche. It's about creating the niche. And you've gone sure. ahead and created this niche because you, like you said, there was the previous podcast that dealt with these movies and just reviewed them from a cinematic point of view. They probably didn't have the expertise of you being having someone, uh, an ex-military, you know, a vet on the podcast and the, the research that you're doing. And then you're adding that plus the cinema. You just created a new niche on top of an existing niche, which you already know is prof not profitable, but profitable in listenership. Right. And it, and there was an audience that was disappointed and sad that this show has ended, which is exactly how I felt. And so after a month or two of sitting around going, OK, this show's not going to start back up. I was like, you know what? We can do this. And since the seven months from inception, I've really tried to carry on that spirit of like, this is not me doing one thing. I'm I was the start of it. I, I, I ignited the, you were the fire. The, yeah. The, the and, ignition. And, and, and I, and I have the big picture, I think, six months down the road to what we're going to be doing next, et cetera. You know, we, for example, we just started a Patreon, which is something I'd been wanting to do for a long time. That's called Danger Close Enough. And that's where we do war adjacent stuff. So sci-fi war, fantasy war, comedy. So like we're doing the Terminator films or Monty Python's Holy Grail, stuff like that, where we can still bring in our expertise, but it's a little looser and a little more fun. And so it's not already not very militaristic action films it's more there's a close connection there's like there's a military but it's like the it's like the futuristic military like it's looser if i can describe the film with the word war somewhere in there then <laughs> it, then it counts and so we do one of those a month for people okay. who already enjoy our chemistry etc can you know sign up and do that and you know obviously that helps pay the bills and stuff so yeah but again the thing i'm most proud of in the end is that we went in with a specific mission and I wanted to really turn this into a community involved project. And we've mostly been successful at that. I think that um, it's really given a voice to a lot of people who maybe aren't cut out for hosting. You know, a lot of them don't know how to do it, don't have that equipment. Maybe they don't want to be on, on the microphone, but they're really excited to be able to provide some of the research. And so when I'm summarizing it or reading it, you know, I thank them and, and tell people who they are. And I usually post it on the website. You know, I have a blog essentially where I, all the stuff I couldn't get to, I put it up on the website. So I'm like, Hey, if you want to hear more about this battle or you want to hear, like we have an infantry officer, for example, who's currently in the army and is a historian. And it's like, if you want to hear a perspective on battlefield tactics of the U S army in the seventies, he's the expert. I'm not right on that particular topic. So you can go read more about it. But anyways, I'm just really happy that the community really pulled through and we have something that everybody's excited about because they feel like they're a part of it. And they are, to be honest, I couldn't do it by myself. I couldn't do it without my hosts. And I couldn't do it without all these people that are helping um, provide the research and just be involved. So it's been a really exciting project. I freaking love this. It's <laughs> such a, no, I, I look at it because it's such a different type of podcast that I'm used to. I haven't been exposed to this type of podcast. Like most of the podcasts I'm used to are interview type with entrepreneurs or other podcasters like mine, or uh, like, you know, a movie, just a simple movie review with nothing really behind it, except the person's opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, here you're coming with this research behind it so that you can give a more detailed, more rich environment to understand this movie. Cause you can listen to your podcast, hear all this research, get the, you know, cinematic point of view from the critics, your, your other two co-hosts, co but then you, you got, have you coming in with this historical knowledge that, 
connects the movie more to real life. So it, we can see appreciate the movie on a whole different level. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I, I think between, you know, uh, again, the cinema aspect, the history aspect, the veteran aspect. Also, we're not three guys. There's a woman on the show. I, yeah. you know, I think Katie's perspective is really important because often in war films, there are women there, whether they're mm -hmm. in the villages or back home, the wives or, or you know, in, in more modern times, women who are in the military. I think that perspective is really important. She has a friend who's in the Air Force who she's going to interview where she can give us a perspective of what it's like to be a modern woman in the current military. And again, those are things you don't always necessarily hear about. A lot of podcasts tend to be very bro down, bro mm -hmm. dudes. And I wanted to stay away from that. I didn't specifically recruit a woman, but in my heart, I was like, I hope we can get a woman on this show so that we can do something different. And when she brings up a perspective on feminism in cinema as it relates to Terminator 1 and Terminator 2, for example, in our extra show, she had some really, really great insights on that that took me and my girlfriend into a long conversation about how, you know, feminism in cinema are. We have a discussion group. You know, you can if you Google or if you uh, look it up on Facebook, Danger Close Podcast Discussion Group, you know, there's close to 400 people there who are constantly bringing things up, talking about films they grew up with or their uncle who was in the military or what feminism means to them. And I, I love that interactive aspect of it with the audience. So I think it's yeah, that, that really is a great part of it. Um, I, I'm forgetting about my questions because screw that. I just want, want more information about the <laughs> podcast. It's just awesome. Um, so what is some of the fun that you've been having with this? Like, what is something that is super interesting that you've learned from your podcast so far? Um, well, I've certainly learned that you can be wrong about facts, even when you do the research. You know, this isn't something that takes six months to produce. So I don't have time to read 10 books on the topic. So again, I'm sort of counting on people doing the research. They provide me with what books they read or where they pulled information from. But, you know, you make little mistakes. Like recently, I knew that Randall Wallace, who wrote Braveheart and he directed We Were Soldiers, I knew there was a claim out there in the ether that he was related to William Wallace. And so we did not have a very favorable view of his writing in general, especially when we were soldiers. We found that unlike in 2002, when we first saw that movie, there are a lot of problems, especially with just the basic filmmaking of it. The writing, the screenplay, the dialogue is pretty terrible, in our opinion. And so we kind of ran with this bit where we were like, you know, we're always complaining about rich people not doing enough and sitting around. And it's like, instead of being a Scottish noble, and coming down and doing film. I wish Randall Wallace has just remained being a Scottish noble and not working because I think we have some, you know, some terrible screenwriting that came out of that. Of course, then looking into it later, I realized that first of all, there's no backup to Randall Wallace's claims that he is a descendant of William Wallace. That's just something he's been he's saying, sad. but there's no proof of it. And he's American. He grew up in Virginia, which doesn't help his case when it comes to terrible depictions of a civil rights conversation, because I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, well, he's a foreigner. You know, he doesn't know about American race relations. Then I realized he was born in Tennessee and grew up in Virginia. So I was like, oh, man, he really doesn't have any excuse for how terrible this scene is. But <laughs> anyways, my point being that no matter how much research you do when you're trying to do something that's on a recurring schedule every two weeks and you're busy and you're editing, et cetera, 
you're going to miss things. So, you know, I have no problem going on and saying, hey, everyone, you may have noticed that we made a claim about, for example, Brandon Wallace being born in Scotland. That's actually not true. Here's the real story. So I'm always willing to eat crow and admit when I don't know something. And I've been corrected on things about the military as well, because I'm a veteran, but I can't be an expert about everything. I'm an air traffic controller. That's what I did in the military. That's what I do now as a career job. So I know a lot about that very specific field, but there are always things you're not going to know. And uh, from that perspective, also, you're constantly learning. You know, it's hard to pinpoint one interesting thing, but in teaching myself audio editing, which I'm sure you know all about, you know, to someone who doesn't do it, it's easy to listen to a show and you're like, oh, this sounds great. But if you knew the work that goes behind making that sound great, especially if you deal with some of my hosts like Liam, who, you know, he's all of his thinking is, uh, and it's the classic editor's conundrum of editing out all the ums, which is just a small part of it. But my point being, I've got three years experience editing, but I'm almost always learning something new every episode that I edit. Cause there's a lot to learn. So I think, uh, just like if you're a good teacher, you need to realize that you're always learning and that's part of being a good teacher. Same thing. If you're going to pontificate and talk about something on a podcast and sort of put yourself out there as the quote unquote expert on something, you have to be ready to be wrong and correct the record because I I'm constantly learning things and it's great. It makes me much better at knowing history, learning about the military history, learning about cinema. And I love that, you know, when something's a tough watch, I don't mind because if it's teaching me something about the history of cinema, then I'm all in, you know, I love that concept. And and so do the other hosts and so does most of the audience. Well, I can tell you that uh, you certainly do have an engaged audience. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, a website called Listen Notes. Mm-mm. Well, this is like uh, the best podcast search engine ever. Oh, cool. And I just pulled up your podcast. Uh, since February 21, uh, sorry, February 9th, 2021 is when you started, correct? That's, yeah, we, we put out our trailer on that day, and I think we launched on the 12th. Um, for some reason, it doesn't have your latest episode because you only have the first one, uh, Full Metal Jacket. There's no oh, one interesting. other. But I'm pretty sure you have more. Um, yeah, we're up to. Just, we just put out our 16th episode, so we do every other Friday. So we're yeah. uh, we're at twice. It's a it's, week. it's probably just needs to uh, get updated, but it's not a problem. That's not really what I care about. Um, I want to uh, just. I'm going to share on the screen this um, for you to see. You're in the top three percent of podcasts globally. Whoa! For listens. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the, hold on, it, it, here's how it is. Listen score is a matrix that shows the estimated popularity of the podcast compared to the other RSS-based public podcasts in the world on a scale from 0 to 100. So that's the LS, that's the 35 that you have. The higher the, the, higher, the more popular, calculated from first and third-party data. So that's pretty good. Your global rank. This is the pod, this podcast is, in, is one of the top 3% most popular shows out of the 2,660,053 podcasts globally ranked by Listen Score, the estimated popularity score. Dang. That's a so, lot of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of podcasts, but you are in the top 3% for your podcast, sir. For, uh, and that is uh, a very, uh, very exclusive club. So, congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I always like looking cause it's always fun to see where these podcasts, like, cause you have such a core audience and it's very interesting cause it's not a niche that I'm 
like into that specifically. So I don't listen to podcasts over there. Like I love war films because I'm a I'm a cinephile, but listening to podcasts regarding it, so it's a niche I'm not never been uh, exposed to and seeing someone who has such a dedicated fan base because you're built you built off of already popular one mm-hmm. um but you had to prove yourselves as well and it seems that you have because you have gotten up into the top three percent of podcasts yeah i mean that you know i i certainly i attribute our you know relative success so far to the fact that we were able to launch this show out of Facebook group for the previous show. So we, again, we had a captive audience. There was 4,000 people in that crowd and I messaged the admin first, right? You always got to be polite about stuff like that. You don't want to just self promote, but I was like, Hey, I want to do something for these people and I need their help. Is it okay with you? And I told her what I was doing and she was like, yeah, that's fine. So we had the luxury before that group was archived to be able to launch out of that group. Another reason why I gave myself a two week deadline. That's why I wanted to do it so quickly because I wanted to make sure we launched before that group got shut down. And so, you know, it worked. I've read statistics before and I know that. So we've only achieved this once so far and now I've been chasing it ever since. But um, we did hit a thousand, just over a thousand downloads on that first episode in our first 30 days, which I know is one of the metrics podcasters look at. If you can consistently get a thousand or more downloads per episode per month, you're in the top like 10% of podcasts or something like that. So we hit that. And then, of course, there's always an initial interest, right? And then some people drop off. So now we've been more in the 600 to 800 range, depending on the episode and how much people are interested. But it's okay because, like you said, I knew that I'm going to get a boost at the beginning. I'm launching out of a great group of people. Mm-hmm. Next, we have to. Sh- next, we have to build a reputation. We we started in a crowded theater. Some people are going to leave because they don't know you. You're not as funny. I didn't know these people when we met the host, right? So our first episode, we'd had one phone conversation before. So if you listen to that episode, it's not awkward or anything, but we don't have the chemistry that we have now after seven months of working together. And I knew that stuff takes time. You're also, you know that you want bits, especially in in a podcast about film. If you can do recurring bits where you're like, okay, now we're going to do this portion of the show where everyone comes in with their opinion on such and such thing. You know, the more you can make those regular things and make them recurring, the more people like that. But I knew from the beginning that I wanted to, A, not copy anything that the other podcast did. I was like, it's important that we do our own original thing here. And B, I wasn't going to make anything artificial. I was like, whatever bits develop, they need to be organic. I'm not Mm -hmm. going to force, you know, paint ourselves into a corner where we're doing something that's not funny simply to do a thing, nor are we going to do something every episode if it doesn't fit in that episode. It's like when it's there, it's there. You have this sort of toolbox that you pull from, but at the beginning, it's difficult. You have to develop those things. So seven months in, that's where our audience is coming from. I think now they know that when we said, we're going to give you an episode every two weeks, here's the things we're going to do that we're consistent. You know, I haven't missed a date yet. I've been publishing consistently. I'm a little behind on getting veteran interviews on the show because I've been so busy. I I underestimated how much time just the regular production of the show was going to take, but I have them recorded. I'm just slowly working on editing them and I'm going to do that. You know, we were going to launch a Patreon. I would have loved to launch that earlier, but it took six months before I had the time. I wanted to launch with four episodes in the bag on the Patreon. So when people join for four bucks a month, they're not just getting one episode. Yeah, they have just like when you launch a regular podcast, you want to launch with a couple episodes. Exactly. So that you get that they get a fleet feel for it. So yeah, no, I get that. It, everything takes time, you know. Yeah. 
look, I like I told you beforehand how I were rolling this out. It's like I record it and a month later it gets released as a podcast episode. And then a month after that, it gets released as a video episode. So it's just like you just put it into the machine and let the machine work its magic so that you know, you, 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 you have free time later on to start. Okay. This is all system is ready to go. Let's move on to the next. That's okay. But like you said, the Patreon, it took you seven months to get up. When did you start your Patreon actually? Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, but we recorded those episodes back in like April. Right. Ah. So it just took, and they, mostly they were just sitting there for a while because I didn't have the time to edit. I've been teaching one of my partners, Nate, who, again, I, I, consider like an executive producer because he's behind the scenes i've been teaching him to edit but a lot of teaching someone to edit is for them to put in their own hours of teaching themselves and yeah everybody's working for free you have to be passionate about this stuff and guess what he's not a host which he doesn't want to be and that's fine but it's one thing if you're a talkative outgoing person like me who likes being on the mic and likes talking to people and likes interacting if you're not it's less rewarding Luckily, mm-hmm. I have these people who just enjoy doing the historical research and being behind the scenes, or they just enjoy interacting in the group. Or again, they want to learn about audio editing, which is a trade-off, right? It's like, he's helping us out. I'm also teaching him audio editing, which is a skill you can take elsewhere. So yeah, you can yeah. monetize that skill after, elsewhere, you know, like, totally. and you're, he's getting the free publicity on the show because I'm pretty sure you thank, like you thank them, like you said, For at sure. the end of the episode. For sure. Um, have you checked your rank on on po- the podcast charts by any way, by any chance? You know, I'm subscribed to a couple, but those charts go up and down so much that honestly, I have learned to not pay that much attention to it because I don't want to be at the whim of the emotions of like <laughs> seeing yourself get in the top. You know, it's like at the beginning, I swear we got into the top 6% of Apple's charts for film review. And I was like, that's amazing. But then it's like, of course, then there's times where you drop off of the first 200. And I was like, okay, I need to focus on my listeners here and on my community and not worry about the charts. The charts will come when they come, but I can't obsess about that. If if that answers your question. Okay. So I'll I'll just, I'll close that off because I don't want to, I don't want to, we can talk about it. That's fine. I'm just telling you, I'm not that familiar because I don't pay that much attention. You're in the, you're in the top 200 of podcasts in multiple countries in under the film review, which is (laughs) no, I I checked. Uh, So there's a website called chartable where you can actually check for over like the last couple months. Right. You've been consistently above 200 going into the hundreds in some of the places as well. So congratulations on that. Um, It's always, it's 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 great talking like because a, a lot of podcasts because i do this for a living i need to know these things i need to find these for my clients and my podcast for sure. For sure. when when i get to talk to independent podcasters that don't have people who look at this these numbers on a daily to see okay how can we affect these and get you up higher and just sharing the knowledge it's it's always great because it's the surprise like the three percent that you weren't aware of totally so i want to know uh, a tip you have for someone who's starting out now that you're seven months through going with danger close a war film podcast what is a tip that you have for uh, the audience there dan well i guess i'll i'll blend this in with kind of how i started because it's related to this so i got into podcasting because i met someone online through a podcast i listened to who hosted uh actually i happen to be wearing the unicorn shirt but so it's the only blade runner podcast 
and I'll plug it. It's called Shoulder of Orion, the Blade Runner podcast. And I was a huge Blade Runner fan. The new film was coming out back in 2017, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I interacted with them. I sent in a question. They read my question on the show. We started interacting. We became friends. And after a while, they needed a third host. And they invited me to host the show because they knew I had the passion for that particular film and that also very specific niche. So that's how I started getting my feet wet in podcasting, learning everything about microphone discipline. And eventually I got into editing and how to, you know, how to have this three-way conversation that's totally different from you just talking at a bar with two friends because you're you're telling things to the audience while also interacting with other people, while also responding to their points. As you know, well know, and anyone who podcasts knows this, it's a different beast and you have to learn that type of social interaction that's very different from a regular conversation. So being good at talking and even being good at listening isn't good enough. You have to learn to kind of mold your brain for that particular thing. Um, So that being said, my advice to anyone who wants to get into podcasting If you want to start your own show for the first time and you have some great idea, or again, you're finding, you're creating some niche where you feel no one else is serving a community, great. And that's a great idea. However, if you can jump in on somebody else's show who needs help and wants, you know, it's a topic you're passionate about and they need the help with either social media work, that's something that comes up a lot, or editing or hosting occasionally, writing, research, whatever it is, get involved you know, find, find a show that you like, or, or find out about a topic that you're really passionate about and get involved with that and learn the ropes, learn about the equipment. You know, eventually there's tons of podcasts out there for podcasters that grow. The show is a really good example that Mm -hmm. kind of teach you about how podcasting works. And all these people will tell you similar lessons that they've learned, but don't learn all the lessons the hard way yourself. Learn from other people who have already done that work and find out what's a waste of your time and what's a more efficient use of your time. Especially if, unlike where Phil is at now, where he's podcasting full time, a lot of us aren't like that. I have a career job, I work at least 40 to 50 hours a week, and then I podcast on top of that. All my friends who podcast are like that as well. So we're managing lives, families, kids, careers, and trying to have a successful podcast. It's a lot of work. If you're trying to get into podcasting to make money, I would point you elsewhere. Eventually you can make money podcasting. And if you do, that's great. But I think it's the wrong reason to get into podcasting personally. And I think it comes off. I think when you start recording and your goal is to like be successful and make money and whatever, people can hear that. Like who wants to listen to someone who's out there just trying to promote themselves? I think if you can involve yourself in a community and you know that this particular field needs the thing that you want to come up with, do that provide a service, like do service for people, everything else will follow, you know, if you're passionate about it. So to recap, I would say, get involved with someone else's work, help them with their work. And in the meantime, if you don't know anything, right, if you don't, unless if you're an audio engineer, that's different. But if you're coming out of it going, I would love to be involved in a podcast, how do I start? Well, start with someone else's podcast, help them out, get involved in a topic that you're particularly confident, have expertise in or passion or all three. And do that for six months, a year, whatever. Start to teach yourself editing, all those kinds of things. As you do that, you will probably come up with ideas and start to learn what fields are underserved and what niche can you create, find, or a combination of the two where what you can do is missing. I think that's a really important part to 
the success. It's like, if you want to do a podcast on yoga or on how to be a better business entrepreneur, there are a billion podcasts out there already doing that. And while it's not necessarily a direct competition, like there's enough slices of pie for everyone out there who wants to podcast, you have to find your own unique audience and your own unique voice. I think something that Kevin from Grow the Show says a lot, and I this is a mantra I repeat in my head a lot, is if you're making a show for everyone, you're making a show for no one. And that means you have to really understand who your audience is and you have to make the show for them. Eventually, down the road, six months, 12 months, whatever, other people are going to become interested if you are passionate, you work hard at it, and you have some kind of expertise you're providing that someone else can't, right? Or at least the chemistry you and your hosts have is something unique that other people don't have. So don't do it just to make money or just because you want a podcast. First, find your niche, find where you belong find out where you have passion and then, you know, go from there. So get some experience, get an idea, find the right people to work with. Cause you're going to need help. I mean, I know some people podcast by themselves, but everyone needs support, even if you're the only host and sort of get involved in those communities and community building. And I think it's a really, especially with COVID and isolation, it's a really socially rewarding activity and you're helping boost other people that maybe by themselves would also had never had this idea or never done this thing. And I think that's really important. So I think if you, if you look at it from that perspective, eventually you're going to be successful. It's just a matter of, did you find the right niche and can you put the amount of time that it actually requires, especially the first six to 12 months that you're doing a new project. That's, that's where I'm at, right? I'm at month seven or whatever. It's a lot of work, but I love it. It's a lot of wisdom. <laughs> I was just sitting, I'm like, I'm just going to shut up because this is gold right here. This is amazing content. Thank I, you for that. I'm trying to condense the things that I've learned in the last <laughs> few years and give you what you're asking. Well, you've done a, you did a magnificent job, sir, of Thank that. You. And uh, with that, I'm going to jump off the screen. I'm going to let you talk some more because uh, you haven't talked enough already for this episode. And I want the audience to really love your voice. Um, so please let them know where they can find your webs, uh, your podcast, if they can connect with the podcast, connect with you if they want, uh, if they have any questions uh, or they want to listen to your show. So, sir, the floor is yours. All right. Well, Again, I want to thank Phil for having me on here. And yeah, so, you know, my elevator pitch for you guys is uh, if you want to listen to three people from a diverse background, we are, again, a Marine Corps veteran, a film critic, and a theater director and actor who, you know, we're in California, Philly, and Minneapolis. So we're in different parts of the country. We were raised differently and we're very different people. But we come together to explore, in this case, war film. We're, we're fans of cinema in general. But this show is about war films. So war is hell. People make films about them. Sorry. War is hell. People make films about it. And we love to talk about them. So we try to explore sort of the extremes of the human condition through the medium of cinema and specifically in stories that are being told about real people. You know, there are veterans involved here and families and all these very important people whose stories I, th I think deserve to be told. Again, I'm working on doing veteran interviews and other things so that I can bring you as much expertise from real life, from the field um, to you as much as I can so that you can really get these perspectives. And it'll probably 
make you want to look into your family and see, oh yeah, what was, what did grandpa do when he was in the army? You know, stuff like that. You can ask about veterans in your friends group and in your family. Um, so you can find us at www.dangerclosepod.com. The podcast is called Danger Close. It's a war film podcast again. Um, and yeah, we've done 16 episodes. You know, if you're curious, Full Metal Jacket was our opener. We wanted to open with something. For one, I have some expertise in that because a lot of the first half of that film is about Marine Corps boot camp. And I certainly went through that experience back in 03. So I have some perspectives on early army's performance. He was also a Marine drill instructor in real life. So that's a good one. That's kind of the beginning. You know, we've also done uh, Jojo rabbit, which is about uh, world war two. That's a Taika Waititi film. It's a little bit of magical realism, really fun, really great film, even though it involves not the end of the war in Nazi Germany. So serious topic, but done in a somewhat comedic style. Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. That's a uh, great film about Napoleonic era naval warfare. There's a lot of fans of that book series by Patrick O'Brien, and people really love that episode. I'm, I'm sort of sharing with you guys what the most popular episodes have been so far. Uh, again, if you like a little bit of dark comedy, The Death of Stalin is something we did by uh, Armando Iannucci. He's the creator, writer of Veep, if you've ever seen Veep on HBO, which is a hilarious show. I'd recommend it. And uh, Kingdom of Heaven, which is our longest episode to date. I think that one's two and a half hours. Our shows usually run about two hours. Um, that one is about the Crusades. That's a Ridley Scott film. So, yeah, come check us out. If, again, you're interested in cinema, in history, and in war and military history, and what people have gone through, both in the filmmaking and the history of those real people, then um, I think that you will find something that you really like. We're very passionate about it. We work really hard to put out the best show we possibly can. Comes out every other Friday. Um, and yeah, if you listen to the show and you really like it and you want to hear something different, you can check out our Patreon. Uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash danger close. We started our show danger close enough. The concept being that it's close enough to a war film. It could go on there. So we opened up with Terminator 1, Terminator 2, Atomic Blonde and Independence Day. And I'll shortly be releasing to everyone for free because I wanted to promote the Patreon uh, a discussion with Paul M. Salmon, who was worked on the set and has been in Hollywood forever. And uh, this is about Starship Troopers. So it's a great Verhoeven science fiction film. I'm a lover of science fiction. Again, my background was kind of doing a Blade Runner podcast with friends. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, come check us out. We also have a uh, discussion group on Facebook. So if you just uh, search Danger Close podcast discussion group on Facebook. You can join us there. Lots of interesting conversations, again, from the way feminism is depicted in cinema to the Cold War, World War I, World War II, um, the experience of veterans when they come home from the war. We try and keep it pretty broad. So not all of this is about combat and death. A lot of this is about sometimes PTSD, sometimes interacting with veterans when they're home. And again, if this makes you feel more connected to people that you know in your life who have served in the military or been in war, especially your family members, then great. Sit down and talk to them. And if you can, record it. Interview those people because they're not going to be around forever and they have amazing stories to tell, but sometimes they need a little prodding to sit down and tell them. And if you want to recommend a film that you want us to cover, or if you have a veteran that maybe you don't have the equipment and you don't know how to interview and you want to send them to, to us, to interview them about their experience in war, I'll be happy to do that. I'll provide you with a pretty, you know, a clean version of the interview, a long version for you and your family. 
part of, you know, as a thank you and as something that you can have. And then eventually once I edit it, I will publish an edited version that will be shorter for the audience so that they can hear the story of your family member or friend who was, you know, in war or in the military. So yeah, that's my pitch. Again, I want to thank uh, Phil for having me on the show. And uh, my my co-hosts are Katie and Liam, and they couldn't be here with me. It would have been too complicated. But uh, I want to thank them and Nate, our executive producer, for all their hard work, as well as our listeners and contributors. Again, it's a community-based project. So the more people want to come in, you don't have to be able to know how to host or want to do that. You want to do some research. You've read books that this particular movie is based on and you're really passionate about it and you want to write us up a little, you know, one page essay kind of summarizing your thoughts, you can do that and turn it in and I'll give you credit and we'll kind of go over your research and talk about it uh, in the podcast. So there's lots of ways you can be involved. How do you, so as I was saying, wow, (laughs) how do you keep up with all of that? With help? I don't do it all by myself. Uh, I also, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm not that old. I'm 38, but I'm sort of like a one social media platform kind of person. I don't have a Twitter. I don't have all that, but I realize the show has to have it. And so mm-hmm. Katie helps me with that. She runs the Twitter. Nate kind of works on the Reddit. I'm mostly on Facebook. So I mostly keep up with the Facebook group and the posts in uh, there. That's very um, smart splitting up the, the tasks between the hosts. You have to, you have to, you have to delegate again. If I'm the director and I'm in charge of the project, I need to know that we're going in the right direction and I need to be able to delegate. I need to be able to use people's strengths. You know, another way you can check out the show is we open the show where Liam does a monologue. So he writes and performs a three minute bit where he talks about our, you know, our conversation in the film. It's always hilarious. And to be honest, if you want to get a feel for the show, I'll just skip through and listen to the first five minutes of every show because Liam's monologues are gold. And you know, I don't put a lot of editing, for example, on Liam because that's not where his skill set is. I can't do what he does. I can't write those intros. I'm not an actor. I'm not a good performer the way he is. So I'd rather he focus his creative energy on that. And that's what he is really good at. Katie is really good at doing sort of the critical synopsis, talking about what other critics thought of this film, et cetera. You know, I let her run with that. And if there are issues about, uh, you know, gender and sexuality, like she's really great at talking about that. So I let her bring that into the conversation and then we all talk about it. They know that if it's related to history, military history, like that's my field. And so I'll do that. And we all talk about this stuff and we all read the research, but I think it's important that you focus on your strengths and really divide and conquer, so to speak. Yeah, so That's amazing. Um, Dan, I want to thank you again for being an amazing guest. I'm definitely checking out. I just followed you on your socials. I'm looking forward to learning more and listening to your podcast. As soon as we get off, I'm going to go and subscribe and listen to uh, your first episode, your first couple episodes, um, because I'm interested in hearing. Um, And when I can, I'm going to subscribe to the Patreon because I do love uh, supporting (laughs) uh, creators. Uh, But to my audience, remember, guys, you can find Dan's links all in the show notes down below. Uh, make sure you go support them. If you are a fan of war podcasts, hey, it makes sense. Or, or not just war or war films more more correctly, and you want to hear more about them and more of a deep dive and a different perspective, make sure you check out Dan and his podcast, Danger Close, a war film podcast. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening again to Dan for coming on the show and sharing his expertise, his knowledge, and his passion for podcasting. And remember, guys, to always invest in yourself. Hey, everybody, I want to thank you so, so much for watching the show and listening to the podcast. Uh, As a thank you, remember, you can always head over to my website, feelbetterinc.com and get free 15 minutes 
with me to talk about how you can grow your podcast, how to monetize your podcast, or even how to start your podcast. I have helped lots of people and I want to help you do the same for your business or just for your personal brand. So again, that is feelbetterinc.com. Head over there, book your free 15 minutes, and I'll be a pleasure to help you out. Have a good night and remember to invest yourself.